at least one of the people on this podcast is a sarcastic fool. Listen with caution. We're making this up as we go along. Oh yeah, also the podcast is about ideas and stuff. See, making it up as we go along. Hello. Hello. Um, Ben, give us... I always do this. Let me just take... I'll take (laughs) off the the top half to um, noise it, but I always do this where I go... I say the name, then I go, give us your name. But I suppose that then gives you license to say the name in... You know, you could give full name, you could give an alias, and then I could cut that out. Um, (laughs) But yeah, do you want to join as well? Yeah, sure. Do you want to do two? Do you want to do three? Okay, let me, let me, okay, so I can put that one there. I'm just going to... Just mind the table. Um, Yeah, let's move it back there for the intricacies of audio. Uh, Right, well, I suppose we can go from left to right. Oh, yeah. my right. Uh, say your name. It is on. Oh, right. <laughs> when I, sorry, we're going. We're going. Okay, that's, that's um, Yeah, we'll go left to right. Just say your name and, like, if you can, maybe, like, a description of yourself creatively, like, in that realm. Okay? Okay, go. My name is Ben. <laughs> Descriptive... A creative Look, description. If you don't have one, that's okay. Yeah, because no, that's all right, mate. I fall into this as well, where I'm like, I don't know how to. Well, I, I just you could just you could say like one word, you like creative. Yeah, or you know, I don't know what um, Selwyn gave to us our oh, like podcast on uh, day one. He was like, um, if they pay me enough, I'll do it. Like. I can be creative in so many ways. And it's like if, if if the money's there, I will like adapt myself to. I'll become it. I'll become it, sort of thing. I know it's a bit of a it's a bit of an odd question. Um, yeah. No, I mean for most things, you can probably pay people to do most things. So it sounds about right. Yes. As far as my boundaries that I've done for now. Yeah. What What are you interested in? Do you have that interest? Um, in terms of like what I make creatively. Yeah. Or like. Um, at the moment, I feel like I'm very much going on kind of what I said. I'm just making someone to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm trying to explore more other urgent kind of messages. Just make the sake of making for yeah. the fun of myself. And then at some point there will be... Yeah. There will be that one clear thing that might put on to. There was this um, podcast that Jess Butterworth did and said, if an idea lasts with him for more than a year, then he'll make it. Because he knows it's urgent enough. I think that is a beautiful way of thinking. Hi, I am Lauren. What kind of what you were saying, like just the importance of being multidisciplinary and exploring every avenue. I would class myself as just a theatre maker. So I like acting, like directing. A little bit of writing. Yeah. But just anything, anything I can get involved with. That again, I think just it's about like not finding your niche too soon or limiting yes. yourself and doing anything and everything really yeah. I would say that's the problem with labels you're absolutely mm. right but for the purposes of this podcast yeah, I'm asking you, you anyway <laughs> uh, I'm Holly uh, I class myself as a theatre maker 
and also a poet, which is, uh, but yeah, it's that kind of like, I don't want to tie myself down to one thing yet, because I'm interested in quite a little bit of different things. Yeah, I totally understand that. Now, as a collective, I mean, you, you all know each other, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, how do you know each other? Contact your company. Okay, so we are in contact right now. We are. This is your home. It is. It is. Everyone's home. It is. It is the, 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 most, the ho- most homey home that's not home. Yeah. That. Yeah, it is a lovely building. You do come in and you feel very welcome. So yeah. very, like, it is your space, which is nice. And it's beautiful. Like, yeah, it's so quirky, but I feel like the design's kind of purposeful and, like, it's purpose-built. It's just a brilliant building. Um Amazing. So I'm guessing you, because you know each other, then your minds are on a creative level uh, and maybe you've all had the same idea. But if not, we could go and sort of individually talk about ideas. Yeah. So Ben, do you want to go go first? Have you had any ideas on your mind? I mean, ever? Um, <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, I think one we were talking about just earlier. Oh, the three of you? Yeah. But go on. Um, was the Holly said it if you were gonna get funding and you could just take a set and put a stage in anywhere site specific anywhere in the world where are you taking and my thinking was take people into a place a lot of people don't see so whether it be the inside of a prison like a lot of people don't see the inside of a prison and what that would do for the story if it was purposeful and a space that is usually busy and immense and stimulating and then strip that back and empty it. So Chafferson, if you strip all the people away and you leave just the building and space and emptiness, what that does for for a show and why and why that would happen. So I guess. You, you're thinking a lot about the audience then. What is the psychology of an audience when they walk into a certain space and how does that affect the show? Yes. I think we're all quite creatives that think of like audiences. Yeah. So like first person yeah. Sorry, say that again. Like I think as all three of us knowing like our work, we all kind of look at audience quite a lot in when we're making it. I could be putting words into your mouth. No, no, you're right. No, yeah. That's your style, eh? Yeah, I would just say we care a lot about audiences and, like, that we think relationship between theatre maker organisation, whatever, and audience should be a close one and an intimate one. And it's. Yeah, because, like, who are you without your audience? Yeah. In a way. Nothing. Suppose. Yeah, it's like the the positioning of audience and what that can do for your show. Yeah, like um, so like I wrote a, like I wrote a solo play which positions the audience as an observer of a room of someone trapped in this room. Okay, I know someone is like controlling this room and keeping them captive almost, and positioning the audience as like an observer, speaking to them but not directly because they don't technically know they're there okay. as in the person inside the room to the audience like I think if say if that was not just in like a studio space uh-huh. but rather in a space that would feel like because you said it well like almost apocalyptic yeah like post-apocalyptic yeah vibes. like yeah. if you took them into a space that felt abnormal mm. and then you put them in a kind of um, a position like that where it was like almost voyeurism, then what would 
what would that set? How would that enhance it? Yes, and like if you you're coming into a, a space that gives you an emotion, and then that like emotion is then sort of portrayed through the the, st- the stage itself, that, like that sound, the acting, it's all coming together to like give you the purest like distillation of something. Yes. And like how many factors there are to create that. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> do you think we're limited? But uh, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm dying on this podcast. The worst thing that could possibly happen has happened. I'm joking. This is what editing room. Editing room. Quenched. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I was going to ask was like. Do you think we're limited by theatre spaces? Do you think that the typical theatre space that we like, that there is, I know there's differences within it, but like, do you think that's limited? I, I personally believe that the future of theatre is in all different types of spaces. I like working, I mentioned briefly before, with like communities and stuff, and I think there's a barrier. There's something about a big traditional theatre space that can sometimes feel exclusive to people who feel like they're kind of excluded from being theatre goers. And when sometimes you take theatre out of a traditional setting, it helps encourage and make more people who wouldn't traditionally go feel comfortable. Um, And what was your original question? Uh, I was saying, are theatre spaces limiting in any way, like the traditional theatre space? Yeah, I just think, I mean, I think the magic of theatre is like that you can make that space into anything, but I do think there's something really exciting about just going outside and being in the world you're trying to create and also like using spaces. You mean you could do something in a non theatre space? doesn't necessarily have to be the exact setting the play is in but having like I don't know something like a warehouse and it's not a warehouse but it's something else but it feels like the place you're trying to yeah. project like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to correlate but it's interesting to use different spaces like piece of phobia that was in the car park yes. oh, it's really yeah. good so we like, saw like an amazing production that was in a car park and it was about was it was it about like car culture car culture and um Islam and Muslim men and uh, their relationships that they build between like like almost like a brotherhood type mm-hmm. um, thing and yeah and it needed to be outside it needed to be mm-hmm. and, it, and it was beautiful because of it mm-hmm. and if you would just have like because I like they actually actively like drove the cars mm-hmm. and, like entering the set smell. and then leaving it, it you in the traditional theatre space they might have just been some sort of model apart from mm. the stage. They wouldn't have been able to drive this. <laughs> like exactly. And like the engine revving and like yeah. the, the, the tyres squeaking mm. yeah. and the echoes from the surroundings and you'd hear cars outside. Yeah. Yeah. Ride. It was quite, it was high up, it was on... Night floor. Yeah. yeah. Such a stairs. Floor. <laughs> so you could kind of see like the city skyline as well. Oh, it was a really gorgeous mm. show and that needed to be told in a car park. I think it removed as well, like because I think for a lot of people as well, if they don't feel like theatre goers, walking into a theatre feels quite like intimidating. Yeah. And for a certain group of people, I think removing it from that and just putting it in a car park 
in this strange block of Manchester made it feel like less, less pressure. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Of young boys in front of us, and there was loads of them. Like, I don't know, yes. maybe like 20, and I was like, I don't think, I couldn't recall the last time I saw like 20 boys that age all sat together in a theatre space. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. That's it's it's quite like one of the sort of beautiful things about about theatre is like you can transmit a message through uh, not only sound visuals but um, the general energy of a room, mm. uh, the smells, the taste, the touch potentially. It's something that is uh, yeah stimulates every single. Sense. Absolutely. So, have you like have you have you had any idea where you've 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 thought about? Oh, if we did this, that would be best to be set there, sort of thing. Like, have you had any sort of moment where you've been like, oh, if we did, did the, is there any like idea? That, or are you just like like you like the sort of idea of whatever you do do or putting it in a space other than the theatre or the idea of like generally the theatre world maybe needs to just like experiment yeah I think we like the concept of exploring space yeah and I'm quite a traditionalist in the sense that I love a theatre space that is traditional Mm. and I believe that there should definitely be more spaces outside of the traditional theatre that like enhance these stories because although you can you put any story that's strong and it's good on a stage it will work Mm. but sometimes you can enhance a story Mm. a lot better Mm -hmm. by having it set outside and some of these stories are amazing on a stage but if you're not hitting the audience that you've made us this for what's the point yeah you need to make sure that you are giving this story the most chance it has to do what it needs to do and sometimes that is by taking it outside of a traditional theater you know you know, kind of, sorry to interrupt you um you know what you made me think of is like is there something out there that like accommodates that so like is there um, a company out there that like has designs uh, like a portable theater space i.e the the sounds the the, yeah. the, the chairs so that you know what i mean is there something out there that like can sort of meld with this idea that you've got in the sense of bringing um yeah, to everywhere, and but also I'm questioning myself as I'm saying this. Like, does does it need a sound system? Does it need seating? Can't you just make that where you are? Um, yeah, that was a bit of a mind splurge. Have you got anything to say to that? I definitely agree in terms of like you can certainly ask those questions and saying that as lovely as it would be to like go like cool we've got this rig and this sound system and then there's some stand mics there and there's some lighting up here like whether then that would especially if you didn't site specific would then will take away from it being site specific and we're kind of like stepping the toes of it almost like it wouldn't instead of um, adapting to the site you're making the site adapt to uh, your form yeah which I think 
again, like kind of saying about what we felt about the kind of intimidating nature of walking into a theater, like, yeah. that seems like, oh, this is a set, this is a performance area for certain people. It probably wouldn't hold the, um, the same gravitas that like a non-adapter space would. Like Peace Phobia had, and it was, it, it looked very just like, there was some plastic chairs for people to sit on, mm. and there was some basic lights because it was at night, and that was that was it. What fits? That was it. Yeah, like it, it didn't it didn't try to overcomplicate or adapt the space in that way. And I guess you could absolutely could if you had an elaborate set that, and it, and it suited and did detract from that site specific yeah. nature, then sure go. But I think that yeah, I guess it's depending on the art each other make I would say it's beautiful uh, yeah I think I think that's a, a well a well communicated idea I don't think there's anything more to add other than to say thank you to all three of you thank you, thank you. Uh, and one more thing it's up to you completely uh, but we're trying to kind of make connections here uh, through the podcast so if you wish um, you're most welcome to share a social media handle or something if somebody wants to like find you maybe talk about this further or anything um, if they, even if they just vibe with you and they think I just want to I get to that person <laughs> uh, shall we go from left to right uh, yeah uh, Ben underscore K19 on Twitter go on once more Ben underscore K19 on Twitter see mine is a pain <laughs> <laughs> mine is my Instagram but it's my name backwards so it's like seal neural but it's just Lauren Lee's Backwards. How old were you when you did that? Do you know what? I'm going to embarrass <laughs> myself and say about 17. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is I just older, thought it was cool. That is but, older than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it keeps you anonymous, does it not? Do you know what? It's brilliant. No, yeah. You know, when I try and tag you on stuff, I can't tag it because I can't remember it. Yeah. That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> Mine is um, Holly Cicely Gibson, and the Cicely is C I C E L Y, and that's on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>